What's up, everybody? Nathan Beeler here, and you're listening to the Uplift Podcast. Before we get started today, I do want to take a moment to shout out two other podcasts. One is the Search for Truth podcast with Pastor Dusty Young and his wife, Katie Young. They are opening the word to us in a way that has absolutely just blown my mind. I can't I can't even put into words what they're doing, and they're doing such an amazing job. The other podcast I want to shout out is the Steadfast Devotion podcast with Trey Cornwell and John Calvin Chance. They are setting the podcast world and honestly our movement on fire with hashtag trend the word. And in today's episode, I have Brother Michael Ricker. Well, what? I've been trying to get him on since season one and I finally got him, finally snagged him. And we are going to be going over his personal testimony, talking about some of the things that he's been through uh, growing up in the church. I know for me personally, uh, we're not that far in age, really. We're not. Um, I'm 31. I'll be turning 32 this year. How old are you? 36. You're 36. So that's five years, four, four and a half years, five years. It, for me, <laughs> it always seemed like you were so much older than us. <laughs> the way you acted and, you know, all the, all the guys you were hanging out with and everything, your guys' age group just seems so far away from us. Yeah, we're senior citizens now. <laughs> we're together in that, yeah. Um, and uh, so Michael Ricker, he's married to Stephanie, right? Yes, sir. And you have one son? One son, two years old, my love, my joy, but he's a little pain sometimes, but <laughs> that's from his mom's side. Uh-huh. <laughs> he kind of looks like his mama. Yeah, it looks more like me, though. Yeah, so. in the face, in the face. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He's got that dark skin. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so uh, why don't you go ahead and just lead us off and where, and, and where you want to take us, and, and we'll get a little bit more to know Michael Ricker. All right. Awesome. I have an amazing story. Uh, I love it when Bishop begins to tell his stories of what he used to do, Bible studies he used to teach. Um, mine in particular, uh, years ago, I don't even know what year, but in the 80s, maybe even 70s, he was driving down to Anthony uh, every Saturday. Um, and that's when it, uh, driving to Anthony instead of 65 miles an hour, that was 55 miles an hour. <laughs> so that was a long time ago. <laughs> Um, but he would drive down there and teach my grandparents a Bible study. Really? Yeah. And I he, did not know that. Yeah. He started the, uh, the he, he hasn't called us, um, uh, I can't remember, daughter work. He calls it just assisted church he started. Hmm. But he was teaching Bible studies. And I think there was about 37 people in that Bible study. And him and Sister Cornwell, every Saturday they would, you know, leave their three three kids Um and then they would head up to Anthony and teach a Bible study. And in that case, my grandparents would drive their nine kids in the old suburban all the way to Wichita every Sunday. <laughs> and uh, they would uh, stay, they would come Sunday morning. And um, after church, they would go get hamburgers, McDonald's, one hamburger per kid. And uh, and then they would uh, stay all, all day until the, um, that Sunday night. And then they would, after church, they would drive and, Grandpa was a trucker, and and then Grandpa would even come down, and he would work on the buses every Saturday. Oh, really? Yeah, and this is before Brother um, 
uh, Brother Dow. Brother Dow, thank you. And I uh, started doing it. Grandpa started doing it, and our grandpa was doing it. And then, so then I was used to dad. And grandpa called dad and be like, "Hey, get up here. We gotta work on the buses." So <laughs> dad would get up there after work and all that good stuff. But the story that I love Bishop tells is he was driving uh, to the Bible study and he was heading home. You know, ten o'clock at night, and their their car broke down. And um, him and Sister Cornwall got out. It overheated. Hmm. And so they got out, and they um, uh, were trying to get a ride back, but no one was picking them up. <clears throat> and so this teenager um, was driving back towards Anthony from Wichita, and he turns around and picks them up and and, and asks them where they're going. And Bishop says, oh, we're going home, Wichita. The kid's like, well, get in. I'll, I'll take you. Bishop tells him, oh, you're going the wrong way. You're heading home. He's like, no. Nah. When you're a young man, there's no wrong way. It's just whatever way. <laughs> so, and then that's the story that leads into Brother Smith with Bishop getting a new car and oh, changing a uh-huh, car. I mean, it's uh-huh. an amazing story, and I'm I'm part of that because my uh, my dad started. Um, this is May Street too, when they, I think they were yeah. originally coming. Yeah. And um, and so my dad would uh, uh, that's how my dad got saved. It was through Bible study through Bishop. Well, and my mom, I mean, my heritage goes back all through this. So I, I love it. This is, I mean, I, I'm born and raised here. Um, and, uh, and so it's, this, this is my home. But my mother, she, uh, uh, my grandma tried to set her up with one of the preachers here, uh, Brother Clyde Butler. They worked together uh-huh. uh, at Boeing or at uh, Beach Aircraft. And well, that didn't work out. But Clyde uh, won my mom to God and taught her a Bible study. And then when I was nine, we went to Arkansas, um, uh, and I got the Holy Ghost at a youth camp or a ki- like kids club camp. But you know, first time, I think it's the only time I've ever been outside of our own kids club. And uh, oh, so this is a different. This is outside of what Sue Miski was doing. I, she took us. It was oh, okay. Arkansas. That was the only one I remember. Um, but Brother McCool preached, and um, and so the very last night. I have a sister that I hope she don't hear this, but uh, <laughs> I guess it'd be a good story for her to know. There was a sister, I won't say her name, but she was really close friends with Sister Misky, um, not Sue Cooper, um, growing up. But uh, I did not like her. Um, <laughs> I she was the only person I can remember ever getting after me. You know, I'm Michael Ricker. You know, uh-huh. my mom's a kids' got, club you, teacher. You got, you're a legend. I, yeah, I got heritage here. You don't know. <laughs> But uh, she, you know, she was like that with every kid, though. Uh-huh. Um, and but uh, she, I what I remember and what changed, you know, she changed my life. That she stayed with me the very last night of camp, um, and I'm seeking for the Holy Ghost every night. I mean, I was on the front row um, with this one kid, don't even know his name, but we were like best buds at night with Brother McCool's preaching, and I couldn't tell you nothing that Brother McCool preached anything, but I tarried for the Holy Ghost. Mm. Uh, and it felt like forever and i'm you know and she stayed there with me until i got the holy ghost wow and then from that moment me and her were you know best friends like i never worried about her she never got after me and stuff (laughs) and but the story with brother clyde and my mom is that brother clyde was a brother butler was the one who baptized me Mm. and i think nine of us kids got the holy ghost that weekend and got baptized sunday night man that's awesome yeah and and so, yeah, so my heritage goes back quite a while. But for me, my story don't really start until I was 13. Because at 13 years old is when I got the Holy Ghost, and it was fire inside of mm. me. You know, a lot of us have the Holy Ghost, 
um, but we don't have the fire. Oh, I know exactly what you're talking and, about. And I love that Sister Vesta Mangan says that st- uh, tells a story that she was um, when she was newly married, I think, to Brother Mangan, that she would um, watch people just they were they were full of fire and the Holy Ghost. Mm-hmm. And she had the Holy Ghost, but she's like, and she prayed, and she's like, God, why? What do I? What am I missing that they don't? That they have that I don't? And God said, You don't have the fire. Mm. You have the Holy Ghost. You have my presence. You have my Spirit, my power. Um, you speak in other tongues, but you don't have the fire that these people got. And so she prayed for that fire, and then that's what changed her. I mean, if you look at Sister Vesta Mangan. I mean, she is. She uh, is one she's mighty, a legend. She's yes, yeah. absolutely. And, and she's one lady I wouldn't want to meet. <laughs> I'm not gonna <laughs> lie. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. But at the same time, the effect she's had on so many men of God, it wasn't because she was just an ordinary or extraordinary lady. It's because she still had the fire mm. of the Holy Ghost inside of her. And that's one thing I, I'm pursuing more every day: is God. I need. I want that fire, but mm. I need it, especially being a husband. And then having my own son that I, I don't want him. I want him to always be better than me in every area of my life. Absolutely. I want him to pray better than me. I want him to, you know, preach better than me, teach better than me. But I want him to have more fire than I've ever had. I can attest to that. I, I My oldest daughter, you know her, Adeline. Mm-hmm. She has impressed me so much. And I'm so proud of her. It It blows my mind how much she grasps. The other night when uh, Pastor Cornwell preached on that message and he had the cross and he was carrying it around and he took it back to the platform and everybody went up there and was praying on it yeah. and, and was hanging on to it. My daughter yeah. <laughs> was at the foot of that cross yeah. praying with all the other young ladies that were up there. And it I didn't even know it. I, I it, it was after the fact. The next mm-hmm. day, uh, somebody was taking pictures and they put them on Facebook. And I saw her. I was like, oh, yeah. my gosh. Yeah. I didn't take her up there. Mm-hmm. I didn't ask her to go up there. I let her do her own thing when she's doing that. And this, it is so awesome to see the transformation. Because when I was that age, I was not thinking about that at all. Yeah. She's only 10. Yeah. And it's, I think it's just a testament to not only the way uh, our church is, which I'm thankful for, but it's also, it's a reflection of, of us, of how our, of how our kids are going to, are seeing what we're doing. And so I can't wait for Tristan to get a little older and, yeah, and, yeah. and, and him be up there too. Yeah, and he needs the Holy Ghost already at two years old. <laughs> he needs to be slain in the spirit before I lay hands on him suddenly. <laughs> but yeah, I'm, I'm, um, I mean, this is this place. I mean, I, I couldn't tell you uh, how many days and nights I've been here growing up, mom and dad in the choir and just everything. So these, these hallways got my fingerprints all through them, all of them, all my sweat. Um, I am excited for uh, the future of this church because um, you know I've I've not been in a real building program, you know. Mm-hmm. And oh, I, the life center that's coming. Yeah, up. just yeah. just something where I mean I I think underneath the um, the stairs in the the foyer where the uh, computer uh, camera room's at, there's a there's a pillar or there's something somewhere around the foyer area that has the name of all the the men. And I'm sure oh. women that helped build this church, that helped lay brick, and just just the stories you know we hear, and um, uh, and so I I love I mean I love the fact that the foundation of this church is uh was poured from uh, May Street. Mm-hmm. Uh, my parents were supposed to be the first, if I remember right, um, 
and since I'm a preacher, I like to exaggerate. Um, <laughs> praise God. But they were supposed to be the first uh, couple married here in, two, in uh, 1984. Really? But the building wasn't to code or something, you know, where oh, it's okay. like safety hazards and all that stuff. So they were the last people, mar- last couple married at the May Street Church. Mm. Um, and I would love to know just because I like to be the first, uh, who was the first child dedicated here. Because, mm. you know, I'm, I'm 10 months later after they were married, so uh, I, I know we were in this church. So I would love to be, know that just because, you know. But <laughs> just to add so little, according to my notch. story, I'm the first there you go. baby dedicated another here. Another notch on the stick. Yeah, because yeah. no one else matters until, you know, <laughs> December 8th, 1984. But um, but when I was 13 years old, we had a, and I don't remember what it was called exactly, but um, I want to say it was just called Mud Camp. Um, pastor, uh, our youth pastor at the time, Brother Moore. Um, oh, I remember Mud Camp. He had a drill team that was just, you know, awesome as a kid. And, and I'm, I was too young to really do anything with it. Um, he had to be 13. I was like 12 or something when I really wanted to be part of it. But um, they dressed up in, in, in um, a uniform, wore berets, and they had all this all this awesome stuff. And they did some drills and, and marching and, and stuff like that. But um, the mud started uh, was for motivation, unity, and discipline. And so we had this camp that was here. Uh, there was several hundreds of people here, I'm assuming, uh, young people from Wichita and all these other churches. Um, but it was the – it was the – at 13, it was the time where I, I made a choice. Um, and looking back now, I realized that the choice we all have to make is we build a lot of altars as children. You know, I mean, if we, we look at our kids um, and we don't realize that they're building altars every day mm-hmm. or serving God, that the little prayers they pray, they're, they're putting another stone on there. And it's not a stone that's cut, you know, with a tool. You know, God said, don't, don't, don't build an altar with any cut stone. Don't build an altar, be pretty, but you just gather the stones around you that I've provided. Um, every one of them's got a color that God made. Every one of them's got, you know, the shape of them. God designed that. And God's like, I already made the stones the way I want them, but you just stack them together. And mm-hmm. however you stack them, I'll take. Um, but we build a lot of altars through our lives. But one thing that we do not do is we don't get on that altar. Or we don't sacrifice the things that really matter. We don't, you know, take our daughters and our sons and put them on that altar, and like Abraham did with Isaac. But um, but then at the same time, there's I, I pray it all the time that you know let someone grab hold of the horns of the altar, and and when you grab hold of the horns, you're 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 tying yourself to the altar and saying, God, I'm I'm not leaving this altar until I can get on this altar. And then, and we, you know, we, I mean, there's some of us, we, the way we think is so crazy that, um, we always leave the altar too early because we'll get into the presence of God. And I've done this, like I do this way too much in my own life, but we'll get into the presence. Um, and right when we feel the breakthrough, Mm -hmm. right when we feel like the releasing, um, we leave, we get off the altar, but there's a, there's a time when the fire falls but then there's a sermon afterwards. And so there's, there's a word God wants to give you. You just enter to the presence of the king in his throne room. And then we, you know, we, we are so busy or, or just in ignorance, don't understand that once you get there, just stay there, tarry there, wait there. That's when he reveals, you know, we want God to explain our life. We want God to explain and give us answers. But God's like, I don't want, I don't need to give you answers. 
but I will reveal myself to you. I reveal my presence. I reveal what you need. And so at 13, there's several, I mean, I, I wish I could remember all of them, but there was, there was, I, I had a very large youth group growing up, but there's very few, um, that are still here. Um, uh, sister Michelle Makuba, um, she's, she's definitely, she's definitely part of this church in a major way. And, you know, I remember her, um, wearing pants, um, you know, coming with, uh, Ashley Christ and, um, and several others girls were with her. Um, Michelle stayed true and faithful. Um, and then of course the, the greatest youth pastor this church has got, uh, Michael Canfield. Um, I mean, that's my, that's my little brother (laughs) or big brother, depending on which way you look at it. Um, and and he you know he's part of that youth group, mm-hmm. um, but we had several others. But there was one kid in particular, Nikki Jones. Um, he was the one that, in a way, you know, he found something right before we did, and he um, he led us into um, the praise and worship and prayer. And uh, on this on this one occasion, we um, we were all you know it's a youth rally thing, a mud uh, camp, but we were all in the front row. But before church, we actually went and prayed, like you know, like we should be praying. Right, right. And um, and we didn't know how to pray, you know. But Brother Moore uh, was one of those ones that if you watched him in the prayer room, that guy never had repetition. Mm-hmm. He prayed with, I mean, he could just pray. And so, but we got together and as young men, and all I remember is we we were praying um, that we would catch the fire. And I can't tell you what if it was a sermon or something, but we were praying for that we would catch the fire, and um, and that you know God would just reveal Himself to us, and not not just not just living off you know the coattails of our parents, but we would have our own our own understanding of Him, and uh, and from that one one uh, one one weekend is when I caught the fire, and. Um, and then afterwards, you know, we would, you know, everything went back to normal except for there was two um, young men that sat on the front row. And, every service. Yeah, every service. And uh, um, any young people listen to this, um, that's that's your youth pastor and Michael Ricker. We were the ones that, you know, we didn't go backwards from that camp. And um, and it was good times. And Brother Emmerich used to sit right beside us and then <laughs> – and Brother Samuel Stockton, and so we have a couple of people until the uh, death ministry started, praise God. But um, from that moment, you know, at 13, that's when I caught the fire. That's when I was going to dance. Um, and d- dancing for me was just jump up and down, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so and then running the aisles and doing things that was not um, typical for young people to do at the time. And uh, I just... Um, I just made it in my, my heart that, you know, the way we acted from that one uh, camp, uh, one weekend here at church, that, you know, that wasn't going to be just be a part, you know, something to write down in my diary um, that this happened and that you, happened. You were going to let that be the monumental moment in your yeah, life. Yeah, that was my memorial. That was my yeah. altar. Um, and people ask me, um, you know, how do you dance? And I'm like, well, one, I don't dance very good, so... <laughs> But one, I don't care, you know. It's all to God. Yeah, exactly. But <laughs> but I tell people just jump up and down, mm-hmm. just jump. That's where you can start. Yeah, and then I I mean I don't know how many people I've told that to. It's just jump, and that's what they've been doing. They haven't stopped yet. That's pretty good. How how many people do you think are still here from the group that you were part of when you were growing up? 
I would say less than ten. And you got in. If if my memory serves me correctly, you, there was a really big youth group. If yeah, and I mean, for, and I could be wrong. Just you know, I'm 36, so this is you know almost 20 years ago. But uh, we had the largest youth group. Yeah, we, we were over a hundred. Um, Saturday night. Uh, I think it was Saturday. Could have been Friday night. It, it all changed a couple times. But when Brother Moore was here, um, uh, we would all sit in the sanctuary, and there'd be about 50 to 100 kids. If I remember right, yeah, and and there was a lot of families here that had four or five, you know, brothers and sisters that were here, and I didn't like it growing up because every every at least once a week or maybe every other weekend, when Brother Moore it was preaching, and so we it was just a church service, you know, for young people, and mm-hmm. so he preached, and then one one weekend of the month we actually had activity night where we did something, played tag or. Um, and then we had a lot of people who could drive because we had all the way to 30 year olds who were actually in the youth group. Yeah. Um, was it that old when it was back? In oh, yeah, the, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. From 13 to singles. It was actually at 13 to singles. Oh, okay. They didn't. Yeah. They didn't change the hype until after I got out. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. And, there, and there's some that have left that was, you know, part of that youth. I mean, uh, that youth group, that's a pretty big uh, age difference. But um, like Sister um, Brand Lucius, yeah. and Brother Lucius, they were there. Uh, we've had a couple who've passed away. Um, that were uh brother vince yeah I can't, my know. god dude that guy yeah yeah I, he, he was he yeah he was the original right there oh I mean, my god that gosh. guy came out with you know a goatee tattoos all gangster <laughs> and then all of a sudden that dude's you know rolling Run on the it, floor oh my god <laughs> doing his somersaults for jesus dude, you know that that i think brother vince had now brother moore was my youth pastor also growing up mm-hmm. and that'll never change but Brother Vince, he connected with my age, I feel, mm-hmm. um, a little bit more. And he had a really big impact on my life. Yeah. And he, man, that guy was just so down to earth. He would tell you anything and he would tell you yeah. straight. Yeah, and that was the, that's no the, filter. Exactly. Yeah. That's the part that I think I loved about him the most because he, he had such calling on his life. Mm hmm. And unfortunately, he did pass away. But his funeral—you can tell how many people he yeah. touched because his funeral was massive. They did it at uh, Brother Moore's church now, and it was every seat was filled. Every single seat was filled, and just a testament to how how you know one change can affect so many different people. Yeah, and I feel like just the idea—the idea that there's so few that make it through the process of change in, in life and everything like like you said from your 13 year old stage to you know 20 or 21 or even 25 those milestones you see less and less people around you that you recognize and and your devotion to staying true to what God's not only shown you but what he's brought you through is is it helps the next generation because the next generation there's they don't see that many people our age getting into they this you know kind of older age uh the elders of the church obviously but and then their own little friend groups there's not that middle age that kind of it disappears yes it 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 doesn't last very long for most people yeah so it, i think the fact that you're still here and i'm still here in you know brother like david rangel his mm-hmm. and and all those guys the fact that we're still here and we're able to show them that you know even though, you know, going through college and stuff like that, it can be different. It can be exciting and all this other kind of stuff. You can still be devoted to God. Yes. You can still have a family and still 
you know, do do fun things with the church and not worry about having to worry. Look to the world for your excitement. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Yep. Yeah. It. it, I mean, definitely. Like, I know that uh, this church is the way it is because of Bishop. Absolutely. I mean, as anybody doesn't understand that, people say, "Man, you guys clap." I'm like, that's because Bishop, because he was throwing psalm books at people. And I was a little <laughs> kid sleeping, but I know he made our parents worship. Mm-hmm. You know, he made and and he saw something. I, I mean, I would love to know his story, because um, growing up, you know, we were sheltered in the fact that we didn't know that you know Wichita, Kansas, First Pentecostal Church was you know not just uh, a copycat or. Uh, um, the it's same, yeah, yeah the original. same as everyone, every other, you know, first Pentecostal church. You no, know, that's wild. I, yeah, I, I never, always, I, I thought I, this was just how church was. Yeah, this, and people would come up to me and say, "Your your pastor's Morel Cornwell." Yeah. Like, no, it's Bishop Morel Cornwell. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but I was like, yeah, 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 yes, yeah, and we, <laughs> so? and we have the, we have so much freedom and liberty because of the man of God that. You know, I mean, I remember we went to uh, a Kansas camp at Century Two, and, and you know, this I think I think uh, uh, praise God, um, I think brother uh, brother Moore was still youth pastor, but I mean, he he when he uh, it had to be around uh, when I was seventeen or maybe earlier when he left and he started his own church. So I didn't have him as a youth pastor very long, but he definitely his prayer life impacted mine. But um, but we went to this uh youth to this camp, and Bishop wasn't there, which is, I think, was half the problem. Um, but that uh we were just doing what we were taught. You know, mm-hmm. we were laying hands on people, praying for people. We were dance only church dancing. You know, um, man, we really didn't. We were still ignorant enough to know. Oh yeah, we. I guess no one else dances, just us, right? <laughs> um, but um, I remember we were praying um for uh, all these young men from other churches. You know. And then our ladies, our our young girls were praying for ladies, and we were just doing what we do. And then the, one of the uh, preachers got up, the guy who was in charge of everything, and um, he 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 uh, without you know just telling us you know First Pentecostal Church of Wichita, he was he was saying that no one should lay hands on his sheep and pray for them. And at the same time, we're oh you know we're young and ignorant enough to go. Is he talking about us? Like, you know, or, you know, and in a way we, we didn't know. I don't, I don't, I didn't for sure. Um, but I don't think anybody really got offended because we were, we just didn't understand. Yeah. And then later on we found out, you know, he was talking um, about you guys. Yeah. He was talking about our church and, um, but at the same time, it, it definitely lets me know, uh, how grateful I am that my Bishop taught my grandparents Bible study mm-hmm. and not some other preacher. Because Bishop, you know, he would drive an hour uh, to teach my parents, and it was, uh, it was longer than an hour back back in those days because the speed was uh, ten miles slower. But uh, the speed limit. But he, um, it could have been another pastor an hour away who could have taught my grandparents um, uh, Bible study. And so I'm very thankful that we have uh, an original um, uh, Bishop Cornwell that, and, and then at the same time, like we got, we got our pastor, pastor Cornwell, uh, Scott Cornwell, that, um, he, uh, has that double portion mm-hmm. and, uh, and you could tell, I mean, this year alone, a couple of sermons he's preached has made me go home and I've actually like oh repented gosh. and he's, went, 
Yeah, it's it, he's, he's been he's been connecting with on, on another level. Yeah, it, he, it seems like I I fear more of a piercing in my heart than I've ever. You know, I've had Bishop preach a sermon that made me scared. You know, I'm not gonna go to hell or maybe you know whatever. But with um, Pastor Pastor Conwell, uh, he's preached some ones that you know I had to go. God, I you know I had to repent my own. Yeah, you know, and and that's what you know we need. Um, but, especially especially now yes yes it's it's getting pretty crazy out there yeah and and at the same time i mean i i hear this all the time and i rejoice man like honestly i'm not i'm not trying to just be fake here but um uh, i love the book of revelation mm. like when people talk about it um there's some things people talk about that i'm like oh please go read uh daniel and yeah. then read revelation because <laughs> it'll make more sense so uh-huh. but uh it, it it's something to rejoice at that i mean i look at everything we've been through um, you know, especially in our adult life as husbands and fathers that um, we say things just so much different, you know. Oh, my gosh, yeah. And uh, But I look at that. It's it's happening. Mm-hmm. Like when you look at um, uh, a Daniel and you see some of the things in Daniel and in Revelations, you time together and, and you understand a little bit of the Hebrew language um, that you, you can kind of you just see stuff so much more. Um, who the Antichrist could be, you know. I mean, I'm, I'm one. I mean, I mean, I'll just tell you straight up right now that he's he's a backslidden Jew. Yeah. And um, so if, he, if the person we're looking at is a, um, you know, a guy from Kansas, um, that's um, you know, non-Jewish, then you're looking in the wrong place. But, but at the same time, it it's 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 for the hope. Yeah. You it's, know, it, it's looking for the the. Thing to come yeah but it reveals to us today that the book we have the god we serve is real absolutely and 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 of course i've i've deal with more people today that that's what they want to talk about you know in the world mm-hmm. and so i believe if you understand and you're not afraid and timid with the book of revelation but you have to get understanding of revelation which i have very little but the knowledge i do have always leads me back to the cross always leads me back to the very beginning mm-hmm. And then from the very beginning, you can just start there, and you can show them so much. The world is is in a in a place of trying to change the way we view not only the Bible but like just the the biblical standards that that were that were founded on. Mm-hmm. Like a man is a man, and a woman is a woman, yeah. and and a husband is a husband, a wife is a wife, and we all play different roles. And I'm not trying to say that you know we can't. There's not circumstances that come up. I mean. We all have different times that we in different seasons that we go through where, you know, one of us is working and one of us isn't working. I mean, I've been through it. Mm-hmm. You've been through it. Yes. Yes. <laughs> How long have you been married now? Uh, uh, we're going on eight wonderful years. Eight years. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yes, I know it's a trip, man. Bro. Yeah, 2013. That's crazy. Um, I was taken off the market, and uh, <laughs> is that how you view? It? Yeah, dude, I was taken off the market, bro. Um. But no, my my beautiful wife, uh, uh, she's put up with me for going on eight years. That's wild! I can't believe it's been eight years already. Yeah, it's That's been a, it's been a minute. Um, and you know, and I I pray that you know I pray I make we make it in the rapture. I want to be one of that few number that mm-hmm. you know I don't want to go to the way of the grave. Well, the, the 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 Bible says the the path is narrow and and very straight, and there's very few people that are gonna find it. Yeah. And I, I think this world is trying to dilute and try and say, no, the path isn't that narrow. It's pretty broad. Yeah. It's, it's pretty wide. And, you know, you can get there, you know, if you just believe in God. Oh, yeah. And it's like, yeah. 
that's that's not even close to the truth. Yeah, they they have they have the revelation. Most of the churches uh, this hour have the revelation of Peter hmm. um, on the Mount of Transfiguration. Um, Peter had a half truth or a half revelation that when he saw Jesus, Moses, and Elias on the mountain, you know, he tells Jesus, you know, what's build three, you know, temples here. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's that's a trinity right there, brother. <laughs> like you got a half revelation, not the full revelation of Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. you know. And, and I love, you know, I I don't uh, know, bro. I, I, brother Young's actually learning Hebrew, and that's amazing. He's um, learning the language. Yeah, he's learning Hebrew. Oh my gosh! And um, I hope I was able to say that, um, but. He uh, and so sometimes I won't lie. I've had a thought about something in the Bible, and I go to Brother Young, and I always walk away going, "Man, I'm so dumb." He blows my mind. Oh yeah, and he's younger than I am. Like I don't remember how old he is. He's twenty. I think he said he's because I'm thirty-one. He's twenty-nine. Oh, that makes me more disappointed. <laughs> but um, and him for not being older because he's so wise. But uh-huh. uh, he's he, wise way beyond yeah, his years. Yeah. Way um, beyond his yeah, years. His, yeah, his scar. He carries his scars though. Mm-hmm. And but um, if, if you're from Louisiana, like those guys all got scars. So, mm-hmm. um, but uh, anyway, so I totally lost track of thought. Just talking about Brother Young, but um, but Jesus Christ. There we go. Yeah. Uh, that <laughs> you can also say Jesus Messiah, because mm. Christ is uh, is Greek for Messiah. Yeah. And so I, I I don't know when I learned that I was just like that's awesome you that know? blew your mind yeah because I mean that's what the Jews are waiting for you know it it actually took me not too long ago um, that I realized that the Jews are not looking for um, God in flesh mm-hmm. they're looking for a man that could bring um, deliver them you know so this Antichrist that they're looking for that you know they're not going to worship him as God and um, I always just had that concept in my mind that you know. Jesus the Messiah, you know, the Antichrist, the anti-Messiah, you know, the one that's going to come, but he's not God. Um, he's just a man and a Jew. That's how the Jews look at him. But he's the man that God chooses for deliverance. And so when the Antichrist goes into the temple and blasphemes the name of God, I'm always, I mean, I'm, I'm so like, you know, not thinking and <laughs> understanding the scripture in a way. I'm thinking like Jesus is God. Uh-huh. So when he goes in there and they get mad, I'm like, you know, so... So yeah, when there's some of those things that when you dig deeper into the real meaning of the word, um, that's you know translated from from Hebrew or Greek to English. Um, in English, we're just you know not very smart. We're stupid oh, compared we're, to those God. languages. No, so no kidding. <laughs> so so I'm I'm loving learning that stuff. Um, but the, then the, actually the Bible that I have, the Bible that I use, it has it has the uh, Strong's Concordance in it, mm-hmm. and it's a uh, huge I and mean, it's very heavy. Oh yes, it's, yes, it's ridiculously heavy. And the print is actually really small still. Right. And I still, it's still a very heavy Bible. Like when he's, when he says, stand for reading the word, yeah, I'm like, oh that. Lord, <laughs> here we yeah. go. It's like a Both five. Hands. <laughs> <laughs> but it has that strong concordance in the back. Mm-hmm. And it has the the Hebrew translation, has the Greek translation. And then it adds on to uh, certain meanings and stuff like that. What, what it, what putting into context really yeah. is what it does. And, um, and, it has helped me tremendously. Mm-hmm. It is amazing how much English butchers yeah. what the what the actual meaning of what was being written, what it was supposed to come across as. Mm-hmm. It it is absolutely astounding. Yeah, because the English is good. The English. Oh it, yeah. It, it it it's a good starting point. But if you really want to get deeper, mm-hmm. start looking at some of the Hebrew and Aramaic words that that are used in the in the in the uh, the Greek words that are used instead of. 
whatever we could best come up with right as english speakers and and yeah (laughs) and that's that's why you never get bored reading the bible i mean if you actually like you you Mm -hmm. you definitely have a a way to do it with your at the back and the strongs but yeah i'll get online and you know i'll I'll read the bible you know i i got my own way reading the bible um i heard brother brown i can't think of his name but brother brown that's uh mark brown mark brown Mm -hmm. yes I heard him in a podcast last year say that he reads um, Proverbs and Psalms, or no, Proverbs and um, a chapter of Proverbs, um, Matthew, and Acts every day. Really? Yeah. And and I've been doing Psalms, and Psalms, you can, I mean, if you if you listen to it on audio or you read it, in about 10 minutes, you can you know, uh, read uh, Psalms, and you know, actually it's nine minutes um, every day for one month and you'll be finished and um that's a huge book too yeah it's the the biggest book in the bible i i I think but i know chapter 100 and something is the longest chapter so Mm -hmm. so i always skip that one right i think it's 119 119 yeah (laughs) and um but it's got so many revelations in that book um but or that chapter but um so anyways but when i he said he said it because he hates reading he doesn't like to read anything Mm -hmm. um and then of course he i mean he's a pastor but god showed him and God, God put that love for the Bible, and so that's the only thing he reads. He don't read. Uh, um, and that's like me. Yeah, he I don't hate reading. Yeah, he he don't read nothing but the Bible, and that's you know that's how he's so knowledgeable. But um, Revelation's been open to him. But then the Book of Matthew, he said he's like every day you're re- you're listening or you're reading about your Savior, the cross, you mm. know, the the gospel. Um, and then he's like scriptures from that book alone could come out right when you're witnessing somebody, you know. And then he's like, and then when you read the book of Acts, one chapter a day, um, it's you. It's the church. Yeah. And you're learning about the church, your history. And and so I, I added those into uh, my daily devotion, uh, which I don't like calling daily devotion, man. It's just how I want to live. Reading, yeah. 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 I, 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 just, I just want devotion that Devotion is, is a good word to use, mm-hmm. you know, but but when you're reading, when you're actually getting into the word, it's not a devotion anymore. Yeah. It, yes. It's a part yeah. of, That's a how part of your at. walk. Yeah, because yeah. my devotion, I can stop a devotion exactly. any day, right? I can start a new one. Yes. Yeah. But when but when you're reading the word for yourself yeah. and you're actually getting into it, you're just you're just living what God wants you to live. Yes. And so I started doing that and I, I like it. I mean I love it, but then I do I mean I I try to, to uh go through the Bible. Um an average eighth grader can read the Bible in seventy five days or seventy five hours. And so I was like, All right, if I could devote at least one hour a day. Mm-hmm. Um and so that's what I've been doing. And I will, I, I, I audio listen to that because yeah. I'm working, you know, time. But then I like my studying the Bible. That's when, um, you, that, that's when yeah. I get the most out of it. And that's where, that's where I just down. let the Holy Ghost lead me. And, I, you know, I might stay on a path of something. But right now, the book of Esther, I mean, oh. I've, been, I've been up and down through that book so many times. And with history and um, listening, uh, you know, Googling history of a certain, like the king and, and that time and then, of course, there's so many sermons preached. Uh, Brother Woodward's got the best one I've ever heard. Yeah. In the book of Esther, which, you know. Brother I've, Woodward of CCC. Yeah, CCC. Shout out. Eh? But, <laughs> um, but yeah, that, that one still blows me away because um, I'm a big World War II buff. Mm. I love the history of World War II um, and, and any kind of old history, really. Um and so when he talks about that one, that one always makes me go just, God, it's just amazing that, you know, and, and so, yeah, so I, I mean, that's, that's how I live um, with the Bible is that it's, it's something that every day I'm trying to, cause I want, I actually, 
actually what got me on this the start of it you know i did the one um, one time a year right you know go through the bible one time a year um but i hear preachers preach and there's a lot of it's the holy ghost it's like it's, most of them when they're honest um they'll they'll tell you um that you know that 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 scripture was not in my notes it just came and it just popped in her head yeah you know that's the holy ghost but you can't get used by the holy ghost unless you read the word yeah because god's not going to put a scripture in your mind and i don't know you i'm can, not god yeah you can read over the same thing over and over again yeah you can read over the same thing four times and it's not going to stick out until god wants it to stick out yes and so that's the that's what i'm i'm really wanting my life to get to um where i'm i'm not mr scripture mm -hmm. right um, but if you hang out with me long enough, I start talking. I mean, I start preaching. I start um, asking questions to people. I know some people avoid me because I'm <laughs> like, man, like I can't talk to the world like this. Um, uh -huh. I can't just go da da da. da. So I have to. Um, I like to get around men and bounce and, ideas and off. Win, and yeah. women that uh, know the word and want to talk. Just talk about the word, mm -hmm. you know. And so, um, but yeah, so I'm I'm learning that that I. Uh, I know very little with the, the couple, uh, Brother Costa and then Brother uh, Painter. Um, like Bishop said, I feel stupid. Mm -hmm. um, and and then I talked to Brother Young during the Easter practice, and I was just like, dude, I don't like you. He's on another level. Yeah, because yeah, he made me feel so small. Yeah. You know what? I can't remember what, what grade he taught in school, but I was like, He's, man. I think he teaches high schoolers. Yeah, he taught high schoolers. Yeah, yeah at, at Maze, I think, or Goddard. But, Goddard, yeah. But I was just like, man, I thought I had this great revelation. And, mm. you know, and I do believe that there is revelations that God gives you and reveals to you. Mm -hmm, but then mm -hmm. I just realized, like, I mean, I'm really in the presence of a man of God. That's you know my seat you know my uh, younger than me yeah um but at the same time I know that the the stripes he carries on his back is is it's phenomenal yeah that I'm thank God I don't carry those stripes yeah and he's got a podcast and I shout it out and in every episode I shout out his podcast because I want to make sure that that I'm spreading what he knows and his knowledge because oh my gosh every episode of his podcast it just poof, just little bombs going off in my mind because yeah. that's all it does. Yeah. Every time I hear him, I'm like, bro, how did, where did you even? <laughs> yes. What Bible are you reading, man? <laughs> it's like, who like know, whose the, notes do you have? He's got Brother Barnes, I bet. <laughs> Brother Barnes. But, um, but yeah, so, so the, the reading the Bible is something I didn't really start, um, when I was younger, mm -hmm. you know, um, until the last, uh, till in 2011, I went on night shift and, um, I started audio of the Bible. Mm. Um, I had it on CD. I kept it in my truck for a while, or the car. I think I had a Mustang then. But um, but I never got into YouTube at all. I hated YouTube. Yeah. Um, go to a buddy's house, you know. Uh, they're always on YouTube, and I'm like, dude, I don't got time for that junk. You know, that's a computer. Let's go work out, whatever. Um, but uh, on night shift, I started. Uh, you, I, I, someone had a, a terrible rendition of the Bible. Quality mm -hmm. was terrible. It was cassette, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh, flip this side, first side too, you know, and so, um, anyways. But that's how I started listening to Bible, you know. But it was one, it was one day or one, um, and it was only the days I worked too, mm -hmm. and I worked, you know, four twelve. So I only listened to the Bible four times, you know. Um, it's a starting point. It is a starting point. But I heard a, ma I heard a man that is just he's a walking Bible, right? And um, he knew a man that was a walking Bible. And he asked him, like, how do you know the Bible so well? And the man said, you know, I think the man was like 89 or, you know, he was in upper 80s. And he's like, well, um, I've read the Bible at least one time 
um, one time a year. So he's like, I'm 89, so I've read at least 89 times. At least. He's like, but I read a lot more than that, but mm-hmm. at least 89. And he's like, that's where you need to do it, that you know. And so this man um, is like, all right, no, I'm 36, and I have to read the Bible at least three times a year to be caught up. So by the time I'm 40, I can have 40. And so he read the Bible three times, and he did the math, of course. But um, then he all of a sudden he realized he was reading it five times, six times, seven times, eight times. Mm in a year and then he now he's like over like uh 200 something times 200 times oh my gosh yeah. that's but, wild but and it is crazy awesome except for he doesn't have the truth oh no and he's got oh. so much knowledge and so much of it you know we preach here and and it, at the same time he can make Jesus sound like God almighty mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden you know Jesus is just just um, a son and yeah. I'm like well Praise God, brother. <laughs> and so, so, and that's something, you know, we have to be wary of too, because yeah. the doctrine he preaches um, is just, you know, it sounds so good, mm-hmm. but tongues to him is just emotional. That if really? You're, yes. And so there's some of that where you, we have to be on our guard. Very much so. Um, because of uh, false a lot, doctrine. There's, yeah, there's a lot of smart men yes. that will teach and, false doctrine. And, I, and I, I believe he actually loves God, and you know, I mean, he just yeah. doesn't realize that you know Jesus and God is the same, same one, thing, you yeah. know. And so, so anyway, so that's I'm. I don't know if I'll get there. I'm not gonna lie. I, I've lost count of how many times I've gone through the Bible. Um, and just because you read the Bible, you might just listen to the words, but you're not hearing. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, but I do know that my under my. Uh, memory of the Bible has so much more because of doing that, and and I do I I mean uh, I'm always mumbling the Bible when you know when they're preaching a sermon and there, there's like a scripture yes I connecting dots yes I'm just like yeah. I'm just like I'm trying to preach it or you know preach it with them because mm-hmm. um it's grinding it in my heart you yeah. know it's 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 staying inside there better and um, and I I want my son to definitely follow that yeah. and. Well, you're I, setting a really good example. Yeah. Well, I'm gonna beat him with the Bible one day, but um, <laughs> however, gets in there. One it, way he another. he did. He does act like me. So yeah. Um, praise God, I guess. But <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of Holy Ghost gotta fill that boy. Um, but uh, but the one thing that I've I've kept more than uh, my praise and worship. Um, and I'll, I'll just I'll just shout this out that Brother Jesse didn't start waving the hanky first. Yep, yep, yep. yep. Um, I honestly didn't start waving the hanky first, except for we had a Super Bowl Sunday, and um, uh, the choir, this youth choir. Okay, this is a long time ago. This uh-huh. is when the Back- oldest person in the choir was Sister Duncan, <laughs> um, and she's part of the youth. So I don't, I don't, she's, I don't know, she was seventeen at the time. Um, but no, she, uh, she was the only one. Um, that was the uh, only adult in the youth choir, you know, growing up. Um, uh, I think as tenors, you know, this young man needed yeah, a, yeah. a good tenor voice, so <laughs> she was in it. But uh, somebody came up with the idea of getting uh, uh, strips of um, cloth and all colors, you know, um, like almost not neon, but they were really bright, like yellows and blues yeah, yeah, and yeah. greens and stuff. And I don't remember the song. Um, all I remember is that because it was Super Bowl Sunday, um, we were going to have our own Super Bowl, right? We were going to praise oh, cool, God cool. As, as as hard as we could. And so, um, and, and this the youth choir was like 50 plus, you know, it's a big, we used to have a big choir um, growing up. And uh, that was just youth. And um, Sister Zena, you know, doing her thing like she always did. Mm-hmm. And so at one point in the song, we all got those uh, stringers out or, cloth, you know, it was a piece of cloth. And uh, we're just waving them, 
you know, and the place just blew up. I was going to say, that's got it. That's got it. It's go. just because everybody knew it was Super Bowl Sunday. I mean, uh -huh. I've never, I've never seen a Super Bowl. I never rewatched one, you know, and I've always been at church on Super Bowl, like Super Bowl parties. I, yeah. I don't know what that really means, you I'm, know? Yeah. And so, and I'm so thankful for that. But, um, so yeah, so we, we were waving those and, um, I had a blue one and I kept mine and everyone got to keep theirs, you know, it was a one-time thing, but, um, I just, I didn't quit waving that thing mm -hmm. during church services. Like, and so I remember watching a church on, um, on, a uh, I don't know, DVD or something, um, and uh, there was a couple of people in that church that had white hankies waving them. And um, I thought that was just so cool, you know, because, yeah. you know, I'm the only one got this blue stringer, you know, uh, twirling around and all that stuff. And, and so anyway, so I've kept that throughout my praise and worship um, for, I couldn't tell you, a long time. But the one thing that I've, 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 I want to be known for uh, more than ever is uh, I pray. Mm. And, um, and not just, you know, I've, I've gone through seasons of prayer. Um, but quick story, I have one, one, one season of prayer. Um, I don't remember how old I was, early 20s. And, I, you know, I'm not a part of the youth anymore. Um, uh, youth pastors changed and, and stuff. And, Different rules. And, and yeah, well, I, I, to a degree, I don't know, because I just kind of um, okay. left it, you know. Mm -hmm. I got, I got uh, hungry for God my own way, and... Um, but I would uh, I'd work out like a, I was a gym rat, and I was always working out twice twice a days on days off, and then when the days I worked, I I would get go home, take a shower, go to the gym, and then work out till about nine nine thirty at night, and then but I would always come here and pray, <clears throat> and I would stay here forever. Like I'm so glad my parents they knew where I was at, mm -hmm. I, and we we didn't live far from the church, and uh, but you know ten o'clock. Um, one or uh, twelve o'clock, one o'clock in the morning is before I, when I would finally leave, and um, and I had some of the greatest uh, prayer breakthroughs, I guess you can call it, um, where I got into a place where I I didn't know I could pray like that, mm -hmm. and and not not to brag or not nothing like there's nothing to brag about there, um, but I I learned to pray alone in the dark, um, and. I've had my some of my only experiences with angels has been in those times oh, wow. where um, like no one could tell me it wasn't an angel. Mm -hmm. Like that's where I'm like, no, nah, I don't care what you exactly. think. Yeah. Angels are real. Mm -hmm. Demons are real. And and fun fact about that is we'll talk about demons all day long. But when somebody mentions angels, every, everyone's like, oh, no. Blah, mm -hmm. blah, blah. So um, I want to entertain angels and not demons in my life. Yeah. And so but one of them. Um, <laughs> it was actually during like a Valentine's Day, and uh, they had uh, the auxiliary sanctuary was still at gym, um, and had the basketball gold still there, and yeah. the floor was still you know pretty right, pretty ugly. But um, <laughs> it uh, they made a uh, uh, it was aw it was awesome actually it was really cool it was a uh, 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 Eiffel Tower, mm. and it was giant like it was so giant that it was like in the ceiling so it was like you're in the top deck of the Eiffel Tower having dinner and. And, um, why well, at that time I definitely didn't want no girlfriend that kept me away from working out and praying and, and doing my thing. And so they had, uh, the, all the young people were back there doing their banquet and I was in here or I was in the prayer room and I like to pray. Um, when I'm, when I'm here by myself, uh, I, at that time I like to pray where Bishop walked, mm -hmm. you know, I was Bishop's spot, man, yeah. you know, man of God. And so, you know, 
uh, I'm gonna pray where he he's and but I would always I, I always kneeled and now that I'm getting older I hate being on my knees oh, yeah. and my lower back um but at that time I was always my face was towards the wall and uh, no distractions and um and I always had my face in the Bible and um and I always had it on um, Isaiah 7. Oh God, I'm gonna skip that one. But Isaiah seven, where it says, "In the year that King Uzziah died, um, I saw the Lord high and lifted up, and His train filled the temple." And but there's a part in there that I've still, I definitely remember because it's definitely something that is part, just part of me now. God and God showed me this this uh, this verse um, and chapter, but um, that He says, uh, "Woe is me, for I am undone." For I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. And then it says, then, um, oh, praise God, it's blanked out. Uh, then flew one of the seraphims, which is fiery angels, um, with a coal in his hand. Then flew one of the seraphims unto me with a live coal in his hand, which he had taken from tongs from all the altar. Mm-hmm. And what I find interesting in that verse, that this, this fiery one, this fiery angel, he's got a live coal in his hands. It's hot. But he didn't grab it with his hands off the, the altar. Mm-hmm. He used the tongs, and um, and then he laid it upon my lips and said, "Lo, thy iniquity is taken away, and the sin is clean, cleansed." Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, "Whom shall I send? And who will go for us?" Then mm-hmm. said I, "Hear my send me." And and that's a great verse. I mean, it's great. Everything's great. But when I read that one night, um, I just I there was something broke. It was like a snap. Um, you know, I I can't explain. It just felt like something snapped in me. And um, so I just started praying, praying, just crying, weeping and praying in tongues. But in that moment when I was like, I, that, I read that scripture a thousand times. You know, my, my old Bible has tears all over it. And um, just from, and that's just from the presence of God. Like I love mm-hmm. cr- when I, I love that I cry. I'm not too hard. Exactly. That, but yeah, there's I'm, times people are like, you okay? I'm like, oh, do you don't know how okay I am, <laughs> man? I felt that presence, mm-hmm. you know? And um, so... When I was uh, at that moment, I was praying and just just weeping, and I felt vibrations in my knees, and I heard footsteps, mm. and there were six steps, and those six steps, like they at first the first two sounded you know a little distance, and then the second two um, were closer, and then the last two were right behind me. Like this person's feet were touching my feet or something, you know, and I froze. I quit praying. I quit crying. Like everything stopped, and I just sat there going, "God, what? What? God, forgive me. Is there someone right behind me? You uh-huh. know." And and I don't. I couldn't tell you if it was you know a second or thirty seconds. It was a long time for me. And I, but I I felt so much fear. And it wasn't a fear like you know. Yeah, you weren't scared. Yeah, it, yeah. It, it it was like it's like a reverence. Mm, yeah, and so, so I um and then all of a sudden those same the same the vibrations of my knees um got lighter as this thing left, hmm. and and I'm in I'm where Bishop is walking right, and so from that angle you turn around you can see anybody yeah. running or anything. There's no there's no there's no walls that's going to cover them. There was no one there, bro. And and I knew I I was like that that was an angel, mm-hmm. and um and so it was amazing and so and I'm like nah and I, and I am like no no it's somebody from um the the um oh praise God somebody from that one place um the Valentine's banquet mm. so I was like I had to be you had to be human right that's mm-hmm. not I'm, I'm Michael Ricker there's no angels coming in here <laughs> and so I get up everything's dark it's it's one o'clock in the morning 
there's no one there. Oh, wow. And so I was like, wow, you know, like, and I'm like, no, you know. But then um, I uh, I went back in there, and um, I I couldn't pray. I couldn't do anything. I, I just was like, man, you know, and I'm too worried about, you know, this thing instead of worrying about you know god and right and so so anyway so i anyways i uh um, had a dream that night and i saw myself praying i saw myself reading that verse mm-hmm. i saw myself just weeping and and the bible you know just my bible stained but then all of a sudden i saw a a a, a man with a life coal in his hand and he took mm. six steps behind me and he didn't do anything you know i'm glad i guess uh um, but he didn't drop the coal on my back or something, but he just stood over me and then he took six steps back and disappeared. Wow. And then I saw myself get up mm. and I saw myself leave the prayer room and then my dream ended. Wow. And so I knew God was going, no, you were, you know, you were in a place. And, um, and I got one more short story, quick story. Well, my stories are never short, <laughs> um, cause they're my stories. Right? Uh-huh. Um, but, and there's a couple other incidents I've had. Um, with uh, praying late at night like that, where you know it was just uh, mind-boggling to look back now, and and I would love to do it, um, mm-hmm. but I'm old and I need beauty sleep, and um, <laughs> and, and and but but with my family, um, but so I like to pray in the morning now, and there's so many preachers that have preached early morning prayer, and that's you know the cool of the day yeah, is yeah. in the morning, and mm-hmm. brother brother Willoughby. Um, which that's one man I regret a lot. Um, he was here on a Wednesday night. If you ever seen Brother Willoughby in person, he's nobody impressive. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I'm not gonna lie. You know, I I didn't know that I didn't know who this guy was. So, but it was years later when I was on night shift. It's not on night shift when I really started getting a hunger for preaching and the Word of God and and all that in 2011. And and I heard a sermons from Brother Willoughby, and I remembered like that was the man that was here, mm-hmm. and I didn't shake his hand, you know. I he was I knew he was a missionary, but I didn't know anything, and so I was one of my biggest regrets because he had a big impact on my life. Afterwards. Everyone, yeah, everyone talks about Billy Cole and uh, and all these other great men, but um, I was introduced to them by Brother Willoughby, mm. and so Brother Willoughby to me is a very uh, well, like I said, I regret not shaking his hand and just, I, I, I mean, I didn't know him, but I wish I would have hugged him. That, least, I would just have the spirit of yeah. hugging up that night because <laughs> he affected, because when I was on night shift, I was missing Sunday night and Wednesday night. Mm-hmm. And I would go to church Sunday morning because um, I had to work uh, yeah. Sunday night and stuff. And and I didn't lose, you know, I was in here, pr- I would be praying and, and all that stuff. But, um, but the preaching that I was receiving at work, by, and I was by myself, I worked by myself at that time. And so it was awesome because <laughs> some people saw me. I'm running. I'm going in circles around my <laughs> machines because I'm praying and uh-huh. I'm, I'm listening to the Word of God and, and listening to the Man of God. And Brother Willoughby was one of the big ones. But um, and I never understood early morning prayer. Um, but he talked about it, and that's how I introduced to it. And then I've heard other preachers, and and I started doing it now just because I know one, it's the beginning of my day. I know I can get this done. Yeah. I need to get this done. Well, um, in 2019. Um, you know, we didn't know what we were going to head into in 2020. And, uh, but I got onto this early morning prayer, coming to church in the morning. Brother Looper scaring me half to death, or I'm scaring Brother Looper, one of the two. <laughs> and then we both just realized, uh, if you see something, it's, it's one it's of us. It's just me. Yeah. And, uh, so, um, 
but one um one one morning i just i just hit a wall like i couldn't pray and it's easy to actually pray in the morning i i find you're numb Mm. And um, I think you're numb, you know, physically and mentally, but spiritually, I think we are way more awake spiritually in the morning when there's no thoughts really going through your head. You know, it's yeah. four o'clock, four thirty in the morning. And I mean, I know I have to, ha- I have to force myself to leave at five thirty just so I can get to work on time. Um, sometimes, and it's not because I'm in like some deep prayer. It's just so easy to pray. Yeah. Um, and you're not repetitious, you know, and um, and you have to build yourself up to that. Um, but there was one morning I, I could not pray worth nothing, and 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 it just it was terrible. It was just terrible for me. I was just mm-hmm. so let down. I felt so I let God down, you know, and um and I'm so glad that God doesn't think like that. But I uh, I was like, man, I gotta go back to church tonight. So I called my wife, said, "Hey, I I gotta I feel like God's telling me to pray after work. I can't come home um, right way right away." And I and Tristan is a little bit, you know, 2019. He's he's a little he's still a little baby. Um, infant. And so I, I come back up here and, um, uh, and I, I honestly, I don't remember the time at that. I think it was about six o'clock at night, hmm. uh, six thirty when I got, got here and it was like the heavens were open. You know, I, it was like, man, why did I come pray this morning? Right. I should have wait timing. Right. So anyways, I get here and I'm praying and I'm, and, 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 you know, I, whatever, I don't even know what I said, you know, it doesn't matter. Um, but, uh, I, fe- the first time in a long time I felt get on your knees, you know, mm-hmm. I've been walking and I, I pray now, um, I like praying by myself cause I'm really loud. Um, and I pray things that maybe I don't want people hearing. Sure. Um, cause I'm probably praying for them, you know, all y'all sinners, but, um, <laughs> but I, uh, uh, I felt like get on your knees like you used to. Mm. And, um, this time though, I got on the, um, the stairs, um, by the organ and, and um, you know, in the, in the in the altar area and uh and because i'm old i'm like i'm getting on my knees but uh-huh. i'm not going that far you yeah. know and so by leaning i'm leaning against the stairs and and i just like all of a sudden i mean i feel like get on your knees and pray so i get on my knees and all of a sudden nothing it's like heaven's closed like you know i can't wow. i can't pray i can't do nothing so i'm thinking all right um i uh that wasn't god you know um, probably me, you know, more human, <laughs> you know, um, a lot of human in me. And, but in, in this moment of me thinking these thoughts, I, uh, saw, um, in my mind's eye, I, I don't know, I don't, out of body or just your sure. mind, you know, just your, your, your mind. But I saw myself, um, like that, that moment, right. When I'm wearing everything, the smell, I can even smell the carpet. I can smell the work off my clothes and I see myself and I see myself on the stairs, but right in front of me, like my head, my hair that I have, praise God, little that I have, um, is it's hitting this gold wall and it's just, it's just a solid gold wall. Hmm. And, um, and then all of a sudden I started, uh, pulling back. It's like a camera is pulling back off me and I, it's just gold wall. And you know, it's in the middle of our church, you know? And, um, and and this gold wall though just gets bigger, but it gets bigger the farther I get pulled out. It's not ending, right? But I get smaller and smaller and smaller. And in in my and I don't know how to explain it or what the you know maybe a technical term is, but when you're dreaming and you fall in a dream, yeah, and you feel your body actually reacts to that, you mm-hmm. know. Um, I would love to know what that is all about. 
but uh, I felt that same way hmm. that I well, farther I was being pulled back that and I was I was feeling like I was falling you know towards the sky but I was falling in my and I'm I'm there you know all that yeah. well this gold wall just is just big it's huge and then I see myself and I go through the rebar the ceiling of our church and all and all uh, the I beams of our church mm-hmm. and, uh, and I realize this gold wall is still there and it's, it's all through Wichita you know, now our churches get smaller and smaller and smaller, and it just keeps going. And this giant gold wall, and and then I finally go, God, what is this gold wall? And um, and it wasn't like some audible voice, but all of a sudden my mind saying, "This is my throne." Wow. And and and, and I was in my in my mind's my mind's conversation. I was like, I can't even see his feet. That's crazy. That's how big his throne is, that where I'm located at, uh-huh. even looking at the world with this golden, and this is just, a, to me, it's a golden wall, Yeah. but it's a throne, and his feet are, you know, giant, you know, it's going to sit on uh-huh. this giant throne, but this throne is so big that I can't even see where his feet are. Wow. And, but then, and you know, that's great, but then all of a sudden, I felt so small. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've never felt almost not 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 the word pathetic, just insignificant. But I felt so totally small, where I realized how how foolish I am sometimes the way I approach God, and I don't think that was God's, you know, uh, uh, what He was meaning for that. But it made me go, you know, everything I worry about. Yeah. You know. Oh wow! Yeah. <laughs> every problem, you know, because I know this was a season, you know, this is right before 2020, mm-hmm. and um. And you know, 2020 was crazy as it is, but uh, I know it's a blessing. Honestly, mm-hmm. I mean, we look at now the growth we're having, um, our young preachers Absolutely. taking off. Like, um, how sure. far would they have come, you if, know, without 2020? Exactly. Um, and I've heard preachers preach, uh, and I believe it. You know, um, some preachers say no, God didn't tell them this, and some say God said this is a year of uh, 2020 vision. And there's preachers. I've heard preachers say no, that's not what it's for. Whatever. But I prayed God, go, and I asked God, like, God, if this is a year, what do you mean 2020 vision? And uh, then the way God speaks to me, where I've learned, mm-hmm. this is how God speaks to me, um, I just heard corrective vision. Oh, that's good. God is correcting our vision, and, and, and then 2020. Um, and so just like laser surgery, you know, you might, you might have, you know, terrible vision in 2019 before, um, or your vision got dim, you know, or—, or um, you know, some uh, callus over your eyes, um, some scales. But in 2020, God was going to, whoever wanted that that laser surgery mm. of the Holy Ghost, They're who wanted it. corrective vision, will get it. Um, and I still believe that you could get that vision in 2021, that there's things that you should have had, you know, like there's blessings, there's miracles, there's there's gifts, um, there's there's callings that God that God has given you, but you didn't pick them up. Absolutely. Um, but I believe in 2021, there's going to be a multitude of people that instead of them having to go back and relive their life and, you know, make it up, God's going, no, I'm going to go gather all those things and I'm just going to drop them in your lap right because now. you're my son. And once you get right with me at this moment and all that stuff that I had planned for you that you didn't gather, well, I'm going to gather and give it to you. And so, and so when I do go through hard times, um, or, you know, just life, you know, yeah. um, we magnify things sometimes, uh, exaggerate them in our own minds. Um, but I remember that throne. And like I said, it was just gold 
and 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 it it was just solid gold but it uh it i couldn't even see his feet that's crazy and that that was the thing that's a, that a very good perspective to yeah in. that's i mean that's how big and, and like i said it you know i'm not saying out of body experience but i i mean i felt things physically mm -hmm. while i was right there but the thing that i realized that i am so so small mm -hmm. and if i'm so small then my problems like are even smaller exactly and that god is that big and um and and so I mean, i've had other experiences but and it all came through prayer mm -hmm. um i heard someone someone told me and this actually made me feel realize how much impacting i have had on some people's lives um and they told me that you're known um when people talk about you um they talk about that you are a prayer or pray, um, that you're a prayer warrior and um and i'm so thankful for that because uh it, it it's <laughs> it's what's kept me here yeah um and that's how i look at my youth group from when i was there um we've lost prayer hmm. we lost our praise and our worship um a lot of them could sing they had talent um but talent doesn't doesn't, get, yeah, exactly. doesn't go very mm -hmm. far when it comes to your soul and um and so they're so but i i won't lie like i have i have a big family they're all backslidden both sides um I, the huddle uh my ricker and huddleston side um there's only there's a, less than five of us, you know, mm -hmm. of the whole, you know, seventy plus people that um, are still going to church. Um, but uh, but when when Brother Winslow talks about God is going after our bloodline, you know, we're going into Sodom to get our bloodline. Um, my bloodline doesn't just reach to my family members. Right. For me, I got some I got some childhood youth group members. That, that you still want to reach live, out to. That's still live in Wichita. And I'm in and I might not, you know, I haven't talked to him, you know, for twenty plus years or so that they are part of my bloodline and I I definitely uh I I, I expect to see them walking through our doors in this church. And you know, they're gonna come with their wives, their husbands, their their children. Absolutely. And um and, and you know, they're just, they're just the backsliders of this, you know, this church that I, I I've I've been praying. I've heard uh, Sister Jennifer can't think of her last name, but she's from uh, POA. Amazing, amazing pre mm -hmm. preacher. She's uh, amazing. And I heard her preach once, uh, or she was actually just praying. She's a prayer warrior. That's what she's known for. And um, she was pr she prayed, God, um, go follow the blood trail to the lost sheep. Oh, um, nice. wow. Yeah. So he'll leave the 99 and go after the go one after that the is one lost. Every time. But the one that is lost was part of the flock. You know, it's a backslider that's got his name, that's got his blood over him. And she prays that God follow the blood trail to them in the wilderness, follow the blood trail to them in the city. Mm. And and so, I mean, when I heard that, I, you know, I just I just started praying. There's people's names I called out going, God, follow them. They they were praisers and worshipers. They were prayer warriors like me. They were, you know, most of them taught more Bible studies I've ever taught. You know, they preach sermons here or there. And, and I'm like, God, follow the blood trail. Yeah. And um, that's really good. Well, Michael, I thank you so much because if this doesn't do anything else, it's helping me. But I know it's going to help a lot of people. I'm uh, uh, this this channel, this podcast has taken off in a way that I never expected, and I know this is going to help somebody that's struggling and going through. Like they need they need prayer. They need that. They need that understanding of what prayer can do for them, and. If there's anything I can say is you are a prayer warrior. And and I and I think that everybody that goes to this church knows knows that very much. Every time there's a 
every time we do prayer and fasting, a week of prayer and fasting, you're in the prayer room every night, every night, every night, and, and you're consistent in it. And I think that's, we need those things. We need those people, those pillars. And I don't know, I know you probably don't see yourself that way, but you are definitely a pillar in this church and your family is. I didn't even know that much about mm-hmm. your, your family. And I'm glad that I was able to bring you on and, and learn a little bit. Uh, I'm going to ask if you could pray us out real fast. Yes, Lord Jesus, thank you for this morning. Lord, thank you for every ear that hears this word, that hears, oh God, my testimony, that God, that there would be more implanted in them, a seed that would take root inside of them, that would break up a hard ground. Lord, I, I know I'm just one individual, but God, each one of us, oh Lord, has a fingerprint of God, and so we are more valuable than we sometimes think. And Lord, I pray, oh God, for every voice, oh Lord, that can be lifted up, oh Lord Jesus, in prayer this week. Lord, every person, oh God, in their heart, oh God, can decide, oh Lord, she does not to just, oh God, be a testimony, but to be a living testimony. Lord, I pray, oh Lord, that they would realize that prayer is not the victory. It's a prelude to the victory. But God, they would get to a deeper place of prayer, a deeper place, oh God, of consecration. Oh God, reading that word and let it become alive, oh Lord, for when the enemy, oh Lord, attacks them, they can use not their own words, but your word against the adversary, God. Lord, I pray, O Lord, that, Lord, for every soul, Almighty God, this week, O Lord, that hears this, O God, in the weeks to come, that, Lord Jesus, it would bring new life into them. O Lord, resurrect, O Lord Jesus, lost miracles. Lord, resurrect, O Lord Jesus, the seeds inside of them that have been buried, that those seeds, O God, Jesus, would come up and die and grow fruit, O Lord Jesus. We thank you, Lord, Almighty God, in your precious name. Amen. In Jesus' name, amen. This has been the Uplift Podcast because it is uplifting. Uplifting.